welcome to Sapphic Survival Guide, where we are queer to answer your questions. My name is Cheyenne. I'm Gina. And I'm Sev. Class is now in session. Um, today is going to be part two of our queer sex ed double feature. Ooh. And today we're going to be talking a little bit more about the motion in the ocean, as one might say, or <laughs> like getting down and dirty. Um, and last episode was more of the health side of things. So you should go listen to that one too, because it is important information. Um, yeah. So, uh, what's some general advice that we have for someone who's never had sex with another woman before? That's the first question we have. <laughs> Did you ask this question? So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> when I was looking through my research, I came across an article that said, and this this is the article. So I'm gonna I'm gonna quote the article. The article mm-hmm. is called "Baby Dykes." You don't have to worry about being good at sex. And so taking that article, like not literally, I think it's like, take the pressure off yourself. You're just doing what feels good to somebody, no matter who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, you're just trying to do what feels good. And so like, at the end of the day, you're going to know more what you're doing than I think you will. That's what I would say. Mm -hmm. And also you're learning a new person's body every time you have a new partner. So like, yeah, this might be your first time with a woman or a non-binary person, but like, it's your first time with that person in general, and they're not going to like what the next non-binary person or woman might like. So it is like a learning curve and sometimes it takes a while. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Anyone. Um, it, it takes, it takes a while and like, you have to like be comfortable communicating and receiving feedback and there's just like a lot that goes into it so I don't know if I have general advice that like really differs from that because I think it's not as scary as you think it will be it's I feel like it's more exciting I guess a good thing that I would say is that you can reframe um, fear or anxiety or nervousness um, in your brain because it feels the same as excitement you can just be like I'm feeling excited about this and then it's not as like scary because your brain yeah. and your body kind of feels the same way whether you're Try that afraid time. or excited so um you can like reframe it and trick yourself <laughs> um the next one the next question we had how do I ask my girlfriend if she's ready so I assume these people have not had sex yet but they are together I feel like my answer for this kind of goes back to the last episode when we were talking about um asking for STI test results I think being straightforward is like it does the trick like it doesn't have to be like a smooth way I guess it could be if you can think of something or something like fits the situation but I think being like hey like when do you think you'll be ready to have sex are you ready like what other ways can I make you comfortable enough to be ready to have sex with me for the first time like there are questions that you can ask your partner and it doesn't necessarily have to be like uh you come here often baby like I don't know like I don't even know <laughs> what I would say like not that I'm not smooth but like I don't know. Like, I think there's nothing wrong with like being upfront about your intentions and letting them you communicate want to with you what they're, yeah. So another question we got is I'm not super into masturbating with my hands. So I'm not sure how to do it for another woman. Advice for my first time with someone with a vagina. Yes. So I'm going to pair this question along with Um, being better at fingering because if you're not masturbating with your hands for somebody like 
based on the question, I'm taking that as this person uses a lot of toys on themselves Mm -hmm. and therefore in using hands and whatever else on somebody else, Mm -hmm. they're a little bit like, okay, where do I start? Now, also, listen, wait, know- before you get started, oh. it feels so much different when you're fingering yourself versus another person simply because oh, you're coming at it from like a different angle. Like yeah, I like sure. did it to myself and I was like, like I've had my finger in plenty of vaginas and I'm like, whatever, like it feels fine. But like in your own self, which is what you should be most comfortable with, the angle is so foreign to me that I'm no, like, I don't, mm, yeah. what, what is that? Like, what is this? I'm not <laughs> is this about normal? it because it, it's not hitting the right spots. <laughs> No, that's like, fair. I mean, yeah, someone else can get in a, a, a totally different place than you can mm. on your own, just especially yeah, depending on longer, who you are or are not. It. Now, listen, I know that we have had a lot of things referenced from some wonderfully scholarly articles. However, <laughs> I found some really great tips on Reddit. And so I'm going yeah. to be listen, reading those Reddit? to you. Reddit is a life changer, to be honest. I stand by these. So I've, I've co-signed all of these tips. So, and I've mentioned this in the last episode, wash your hands, cut your nails and make sure that they do not have freshly cut edges, make sure they're smooth. So even if you're gonna use, have long nails, do not make them sharp. And if you wanna use surgical gloves or finger condoms or whatever else, they can feel just as good. Now, lubricant is your friend and this specifically says, do not make your partner feel bad for not being quote unquote wet enough. Mm. They are not at fault for not being a fucking waterfall. Mm-hmm. There are different positions. You can lay her down on her back and sit between her legs, be over her and let her ride your fingers, experiment with different positions. And just how Cheyenne said, you know, there's different angles that she can't hit on, um, <laughs> their own vagina sorry to talk about your vagina on themselves um, okay. then if somebody else can can do that there's a lot of different positions and there's gonna be different angles so you gotta like test around um don't go straight in kind of build things up so run your fingers around thighs down stomach stimulate mm-hmm. other areas before then going straight to the clit and um you know you can go slowly if you're penetrating as well start with one finger slowly add the second if that's what that person wishes um this suggested your middle finger and index finger but my ex is a big fan of like the middle Mm -hmm. two which i don't uh it doesn't feel natural for me how which ones do you use it, it depends what I'm feeling. Two, one and it two depends what I'm feeling. Feel right. The vibe. It's I don't know. Sometimes you up? sometimes all three. You never know. Sometimes you gotta get a pinky in there. Oh <laughs> hell yeah. But work it up. Don't just yeah, shove yeah, your yeah, hand yeah, in. Yeah. yeah. Start with yeah. one, two, then three. He's gonna full body to the whole fist. When you said that. <laughs> so um the other two tips that we've got. So you don't need to have long fingers to get the job done. And it's not just about going in and out. You should curve your fingers. You Mm -hmm. can push your palm in certain areas. There's a lot of pressure down there that does feel really good. So find what works. Um, My girlfriend and I are both kind of fans of like having some pressure on top. It just feels better Mm -hmm. for both of us. And yeah, press that lower stomach and kind of like meet in the middle. A lot of times I press on myself up top while she's Mm -hmm. like doing Mm -hmm. things. I mean, pressure and not just literally going in and out there's so many ways to like finger somebody Mm -hmm. um 
they also this person also said that they will go in with two fingers, spread their fingers apart oh. and together like scissors inside. I'm gonna try that. And their girlfriend has come from just that act alone. I'm doing that. Yes. <laughs> and then the last tip, you've got two hands for the most part. And so if you are using one on genitals, fingering, etc., the other hand can be gripping their face, neck, pulling their hair, holding their hair. If one's inside, the other could be outside. Um, so just know that like, again, the in and out isn't the whole thing and you got to, it's a whole, it's a whole dance. Yeah. Speaking of uh, more fingering tips, someone else said, what do I do when I'm fingering her? And then I hit what I think is her cervix. And so I don't know if either of you know this, but there's actually a thing called a C-spot. Um, your cervix can actually be highly sensitive and you can have cervical orgasms. I was Did just going to say, in- is that person saying, ow, it might be okay. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I-, I was also going to say that if you know, if that person finds it painful or uncomfortable, um, you know, move on, revert back to that come hither motion and tickle that G spot up there behind mm-hmm. the uh, clit. That's always a, a trusty thing you can do, or maybe the scissor thing if that <laughs> if that works for your partner. Um, but yeah, the C spot can be highly sensitive. Um, some people report having very intense full body orgasms that begin in the cervix and spread through the entire abdomen to even the whole body. Um, and they're all about applying pressure to that tissue. So yeah. Um, I think I've, uh, not experienced it personally, but with someone else, I may have, uh, experienced that. Um, okay. he's being humble. I'm not bragging. Next question. So someone asked, am I the only one that has to touch their clit through their labia? It hurts and is too much otherwise. I've always felt really insecure about and alone with that. Okay. Yeah. This isn't exactly me, but I know. It did make me think of you. Yeah. My clit is too sensitive for vibrators. Mm -hmm. And I just think they're like way too overpowering. Mm -hmm. I don't need to put something through to like stimulate or to dull the stimulation. But I also do a lot of times masturbate with clothes on, like through my clothes, because Mm -hmm. I don't mind it and I can control it better. Mm -hmm. So, um, no, I I feel like I relate to this a lot. It's not, I'm not in pain and I don't like use my labias, but like whatever works for how your body's set up, you know what I mean? Mine's just like not really in the way. But yeah. um, no, I, I think like there's a different level of sensitivity for everybody. And mm-hmm. I hope this person doesn't feel shame. Although I do feel like I was pretty insecure mm-hmm. about the way my body works for a while. But um, I'm jealous of people who have this yeah, quote, like, issue. Like, <laughs> I, I want that. that I mean, yeah. obviously I think there, it'll help me when I'm older sword. because like, I feel like people I might not like lose sensation. I don't, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm hoping that like when I'm older, I can still like feel stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll start the podcast. I think think it's normal. I don't think uh, you're the only one at all. Um, I'm like, kind of like Gina, where sometimes I have to like start over my clothes and then proceed under uh, because too like sometimes it's too much too fast or it's like nice to build it up so there we talked about like different ways you can have sex and there are different ways you can have sex with yourself and sure you know none none of them are bad you're not hurting anyone so doing that so you're good um sure do you want to take a break at this point and then answer the rest yeah let's do that i think so yeah 
All right, we will be right back. We'll get into All right, we are back. So our next our next question, somebody said, what's the best way to scissor? And somebody else said scissoring cannot be a thing. It don't really hit, which I disagree personally. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of scissoring and I'm I don't scissor to come. It's um, mm -hmm. it's just a pleasure act that I do for fun. Yeah. So basically scissoring is a thing. I was in the, I don't think it's a thing camp until I got with my I remember. Partner. Yeah. And now I do enjoy mm -hmm. it. It's not like my favorite thing ever, but like, I, I get it. <laughs> it I is. love it because personally, one of the things that I really enjoyed about having sex with men was the physical closeness mm. to their body. And mm -hmm. I get everything that I enjoyed from that experience from scissoring. And that's mm -hmm. depending on the position, but the way that I scissor, that person is close to me and we were just rubbing up against each other. And it is yeah. just down to the bones, just literally two bodies. Literally to the bone. Shit. Literally to the bones. <laughs> to the bones. Yeah. So there are a lot of different ways to scissor. <laughs> and we are going to put links to articles because I think it's going to be easier to view some of these things than it is to describe it. Mm -hmm. But what we think of as typical scissoring is, and you mentioned this last time, Cheyenne, that tribbing and frottaging. Fraud. I read a lot of smut. It's fraudage. Yeah, it's I was pretty sure, but fraudage. I was like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. So you said it last time, like what we think of as scissoring overall is technically tripping and fraudage. Mm -hmm. But the typical scissor position, you are like heads away from each other, legs entangled, mm -hmm. but you can also have your like your heads close together. You can also have one leg up. Um, I also saw a thing where it was not scissoring, but it was like one person is over the other person where you're almost scissoring, but then you're leaning down and like fingering each other. And it, it'll either work or it won't. It kind of depends on how your bodies fit together. Another thing that you can do to improve your scissoring experience is add something. So you can get lube and you can get like arousal lube. You can get CBD lube. If you have access to it, you can get weed lube uh, for extra stimulation and to prevent micro tears caused by the friction. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, and Or you can <laughs> DIY it. Uh, I found a few recipes online before. I haven't done it myself, but it's, it's possible. Um, you yeah. could get a double-sided suction cup that you can like customize and put whatever toys you want on either side which is kind of cool mm -hmm. um, or you can get a double-sided dildo or vibrator or you can use a regular pillow or invest in a sex position pillow to help with support um, and that might make it a little more comfortable because sometimes it's not and that makes it less fun so right into our next question how do you do it when you are plus size do it i'm assuming they just mean like sex sometimes things don't work just like <laughs> certain positions don't and if you work. watch movies porn anything with a sex scene in it you are seeing typically smaller sized people so it's not like yeah. that exposure is there also mm -hmm. yeah so for me when i see this it's like i would get ideas from creators who have bodies mm -hmm. similar to me as Gina just brought up yeah. like, stuff right in mainstream 
typically if people aren't plus size. So yeah. Yeah. So I don't really know how to speak about the experience, nor is my experience what everyone's would be or what everyone wants theirs to be. Um, So I did do some research into this. And obviously the weight size and proportional differences of two people's bodies can make some positions not workable. Um, Everyone's like a puzzle piece. Like you don't always fit together and you don't always fit like two people the same way. Um, Think about the fact that I am five two. My girlfriend is six two. There are a lot of positions that we can't do because I yes. will not be able to reach the places yeah. that I want to reach because I'm small mm-hmm. yeah I, I've been there yeah. um with an ex of mine who was very tall um but yeah so it's like a good idea to practice a wide variety of sexual activities and positions to make intimate activities less tiring and like sex can include way more than just like penetrative inter- intercourse um to allow for a wide range of comfortable movement and closeness between all types of partners if your partner or you Uh, experiences pain or limitation in knees or backs, which is common for athletes, larger partners, those who are injured or anyone who is aging. Um, You might prefer positions in which you can lay down, remain on the knees with cushions to support the body, or even stand up without bearing their partner's weight. Um, And like standard missionary position can wear pretty much anyone out like I feel like probably all of us have been on top at some point and it it can get tiring um Mm -hmm. so that's why it's good to switch things up and let everyone get a little bit of a break um so like one good position is doggy style which maybe some people don't know what that is so I'm going to define it that's where one partner is on their knees and hands or elbows while the other enters them from behind this can be a good position if shaking my head profusely because yes yeah it's a good one if you are fat or plus size or have a larger body or however you want to define yourself um if the entering partner has a very large stomach then in doggy they can lift up their stomach and rest it on their partner and if the receiving partner has a larger tummy it can rest on the cushions or on the bed Um, and that's just like one example of how uh the right sexual position can make a difference but here's some more options for sex positions so this is from an article um, from auto straddle and it's called positions for fat sex in all of its holiness and it's by cat lafuente um so the first one that they i I think i don't know if they coined these i'm assuming it's called the gemini twins position um it's basically 69ing but you're laying on your sides so you lay on your side have your partner Mm. do the same with your head at their groin and their their head at yours you both lift up your upper leg bending at the knee and resting your foot on the bed and then you proceed to 69 and lick on that thing and then we have the genuflection position um, where the receiver sits on a sturdy table a counter on the end of a bed then the receiver parts their legs and the giver will kneel on the ground before them and you can use a pillow or an ottoman to gently support the knees and then the giver proceeds to finger use toys penetrate or lick on that thing um there's also the tablespoon and teaspoon position um if you're the teaspoon you allow your partner to place their dildo or penis against you from behind opening your legs and angling your body to allow it inside at the hole of your choice and then they fuck on that thing and if you're the big spoon <laughs> approach the back side of your partner with your groin and you can move your hands to their chest or groin once you're in that thing um this the in that thing this is my own edition this is not from the article this is just me I figured wanting to 
<laughs> wanting to say in that thing. I figured that um, was your flair. Yeah, there's also the feast position, which is where you have your partner lie down on a sturdy table or bed on their back or front, whatever they prefer. Um, and then you can penetrate, finger, use toys, and hopefully give them oral from this position or even get your own thing licked on. You can't let your size get in the way. Just have your partner sit or lay on the bed, hold onto the headboard for a bit of extra stability and control. And then depending on you and your partner's desires and equipment, um, you could switch places and have them ride that thing too. Um, but in general, you might find that it's best with intercourse to just choose positions where the smaller partner doesn't have to bear the larger partner's weight, like having the smaller partner be on top or having your partner have intercourse with you from behind if their body is larger than yours. And then in most couples, there's going to be positions or sexual activities that one likes and the other doesn't. And some things that are going to feel good for one person that might not feel great for the other. Um, and if something's hurting you, there's nothing wrong with saying, that's not so great for me right now. Can we try this? Or let's move into this position and try it this way. Or let's try blank instead. That would be really hot. Or I like the I like it when we blank. Um, we want to be sensitive and communicating about sex with our partners and to speak to them with kindness and compassion, taking into account that sex makes all of us feel very vulnerable. Um, mm -hmm. And then here are a few bonus things you can add to enhance your sex life as a fat person. Um, so if you want to work smarter and not harder, I kind of mentioned this before, but sex positioning pillows can help you get into more comfortable positions because they come in a wide variety of shapes. Like you can get one like in every size also, one. no matter yes. who you are. Yes. Or a positioning wedge. Um, or you can even get full on sex furniture if you have the budget for that. Uh, and then they offer more support than like a traditional pillow. But like if you can't afford that at this time, you can obviously use a regular pillow. Um, a wand vibrator is great for fat bodies because their long handles allow them to get around bellies during sex and just give you a longer reach. And wands are universal toys that can work on any genital configuration. So you can get like attachments that make them insertable for the G spot or the P spot. You can get a stroker attachment for the penis or anyone who wants a softer, more fluttery sensation. And then I also was looking at sex toys recently and I discovered this like, so I have like this um, harness that you can like put a dildo on your leg and have the person ride it, which is I literally really cool, want one of those so bad. If there are mobility issues. Yeah, it's cool. But I found another one and it, you can put, I wish I would have gotten this because it has that capability, but it also has like a little side stirrup thing where you can put like a wand vibrator and use it hands free oh. if it's hard to reach or if you just want to use your hands for other things. So I, that's on I my saw a TikTok list. and they like had like a thing for their strap, but it mm -hmm. was just for their hand. Yeah. Remember like, I, when I told you about the, uh, the glass dildo that I recommended to you, it's because I like that handle part. Cause sometimes it's like, yeah, the, yeah. I can't yeah. hold this. Yeah, so this was like the literal, like the, the circle that you would put the mm -hmm. strap and stuff, but it was just a strap around the hand. Yeah. And it just seemed so yeah. much the, easier. There are a lot of things that can aid for people with, um, or that can be mobility aids for people who are disabled yeah. or who have limited mobility. And even if you don't have, like, have those uh, things to kind of work around during sex, like it can be beneficial. Like I think everyone should know about them because it makes life in sex a lot better I was gonna say sex life your sex life but life and sex yeah. a lot better yeah so, everything oh, yeah yeah easier <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, we talked a little bit about strap-ons and harnesses and things. So our last two questions kind of go together. Um, mm-hmm. What are good positions for strapping? And what's some advice or guidance you have about scissoring or using strap-ons? And we kind of covered the scissoring already. So just getting into the strap-on part of these questions. Mm-hmm. Again, we will link all of the articles. I did find one that was called Most Satisfying Positions for Lesbians. It is from Refinery29, which I do have some critiques about just as an organization, but I did like these specific positions. There were ones that did have strap-ons or were just for lesbians in general. So there was things like face sitting, different um, positions for straps and some options with chairs, which I I really liked. So Mm -hmm. I will, um, I will link that for good positions, but overall, um, I think one of the benefits that we can at least take advantage of in this heteronormative society is that because of most of the porn being hetero, um, you can see a lot of different sexual positions for penetrating somebody. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you should go and just do what is in porn, but I'm saying anything that you Google and just look for any sort of, you know, positions for people who are in a stereotypically heterosexual relationship and what that would look like. It is going to most for the time work on strap-ons, but what my advice is the biggest thing that you need to be successful in strapping is I think the right harness, because Mm. if it is too big or too small, you're running into different issues. Obviously if it's too big, the dildo or strap, it's like the, the, Uh, member is going to flap around and it's not going to stay and that you're not going to have the control that you want. If it's Mm -hmm. too small and I've just gone with things that were a little bit too small, just because it was like good enough. And I felt like I had enough control, but Mm -hmm. then it ended up cutting off different circulation. And then I actually didn't have as much mobility as I thought, because while the, um, while the, the dildo was staying in the place I wanted, I couldn't put my legs in places where I wanted because it was like, jamming into me because it was too tight. And so the biggest investment you can make is on the right harness for you. Mm. I have had the most success using shorts. And I know I mentioned that, but one of the benefits in, you know, what's considered a traditional harness is that you can really adjust it. So if you are in a position where it does feel too tight, you can loosen it and then vice versa. I I also saw something recently about DIY harnesses with like tight, like tight shorts and just like cutting a hole. Um, Mm, So if you look that up, you might be able to kind of test it out and see if that's something why that wouldn't work. Like a traditional harness. Yeah. If it's the right shorts. Yeah. Then you're just putting it in the right, in the right spot. Yeah. Yeah. I think you need like an, like some type of like O-ring to hold it in place still, or else it's just going to probably slide out. But um, yeah, that's, that's another option. You can wrap that easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think also with strap-ons, you should consider using lube of some kind. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't, again, no mean that your partner isn't wet enough, but this is silicone glass. It's some sort of material that is not a body part. And so it's going to inherently act differently because of just science and surfaces Mm -hmm. and things. And Mm -hmm. lube can just help, I think, all parties to just have things be a little bit more successful. So just consider having that be part of, you know, the equation. Yeah, for sure. But I think Cheyenne had kind of mentioned this. I think 
trying things until you get it right is really important because everyone's G spot is a little different. What everyone likes is a little different. How you're going to hit it right is a little different. So I think trying a lot of different positions until you find the one that works best for you is going to be the biggest thing as well as the right, you know, materials. Like mm-hmm. I said. And Agreed. when you were talking about different types of harnesses, it was making me mm-hmm. think about the plus size question. Um, because when I got my first harness, I was wearing plus size clothes at that time. And my harness did not fit because I didn't think, oh, I'm going to need a plus size harness. I'm thinking it's adjustable. It'll fit me. It did not fit me. So I had to buy it. A, mm, I had yeah. to not use that and buy a plus size harness. So I think that's a good Even thing for, to keep in mind. Yeah. I yeah. wear like fashion harnesses and that was an issue that I've, I've come across that like the standard ones that you can get just don't, you know, you have to be cognizant of your size and your yeah. body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And with that, I think I said it in the last episode, but we're going to be putting all of the links and sources from all the information we've been quoting this whole time down below. Uh, I said below, like this is a YouTube video down in the (laughs) episode notes or the description or whatever platform you're listening to, whatever they call the description of the episode, all the uh, links in the description. Okay. So yeah, we're going to be putting all the links and sources down in the episode description. So go ahead and go there. Other than that, you can uh, give us a little like, subscribe, rate us, review, all those kind of things. Uh, And you can go ahead and follow us on pretty much any social media at Sapphic Survival Guide, except for Twitter, where we are just at Sapphic Survival. You can also go to our Patreon where you can be a part of our Discord and get some bonus content of us just being silly while we're recording. If you want to follow me anywhere, uh, this is Sev. You can follow me at Lucky Sev with two Y's. And you can follow me anywhere online at The Libra including my website, thelibragina.com. And you can listen to my Jersey Shore recap podcast, Um Hello, anywhere that you find podcasts. And you can find me, Cheyenne, at Hot Mespian on pretty much any social media platform. And with that, class is now dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>